Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Say this, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. <laughs> Hear me thou therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last, when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. And say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. Proverbs 5, 1 through 14. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, we do pray for Brother Logan and his family. And uh, Lord, I'm sure that he, he trusts you and they're resting in your faithfulness. And uh, Lord, whatever needs to be done, uh, dear God, I pray that you just uh, bless them and work in their life. We pray for the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Lord, watch over that. No doubt uh, Satan would love to creep in and uh, destroy uh, that great work. So, Lord, please uh, watch over that local church. And, uh, Lord, watch over our church. Lord, we need you. We need you to watch over us. And, uh, Lord, we thank you, uh, dear God, that we can uh, trust you and uh, lean on you and abide in you. Lord, again, we do pray for the needs that have uh, uh, been mentioned and Lord, we think of special prayers for Sister Diane and uh, Sister uh, Muxlow. And Lord, we think of uh, Don tonight and uh, Deborah. And, uh, Lord, which is so many things upon our heart. Lord, I'm glad that we can pray for one another. Lord, but even tonight, Lord, those that are listening in, those that are here, uh, dear God, we don't want to take it for granted that there might not be somebody here, somebody listening that needs to be saved. A lot of times we think, oh, people only get saved on Sunday morning. Oh, people get saved on Wednesday night. So, Lord, I pray that even tonight you'd work in hearts or people get saved on Wednesday nights. They get right on Wednesday night. They surrender to God's will on Wednesday nights. And uh, so, Lord, we want to be mindful of those things. And, Lord, we always want to be sensitive to your word, sensitive to your spirit. And, Lord, what you desire to do in our heart and life and through our heart and life. So, Lord, bless each one, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we uh, look at these uh, verses... And I've been talking about different characteristics and different things, and it's good for all of us, but a lot of times I think about uh, the young people, so I want to talk about uh, decisions tonight. And in these verses, you see a lot of good principles for uh, making uh, decisions. Let me, by, as they say, by introduction, whatever that means, right? <laughs> by introduction, let me give you some things about decisions. You know, one of the greatest, uh, you know, God made animals and He made a lot of things, but one power that He gave to us Right. And one of the greatest powers, I guess, if you want to say we have as humans is the power in uh, having life is the power to choose. Right. He gave us the power to choose. God made us free agents. We can see that clearly in God's word. Right. You read through the word of God. You see people making good decisions. You see people making bad decisions. And you know what? God lets them. Of course, you know, they might suffer the consequences of those decisions. But, you know, God lets man make decisions. And so without question, our decisions 
are uh, the biggest part or a big part in determining a determining factor in how our lives turn out, right? I would say one of my favorite sayings is decisions determine destiny. So some people make their lives difficult by making wrong decisions. But we see that every day, you know. Uh, I think as we drive up and down the road and we see people, you know, walking and they're pushing a car or they've got backpacks and we think, man, you know, the lives, the decisions they've made. Then others move through life maybe a little bit more easily or better because of the right decisions they've made. And of course, all decisions have consequences and hopefully, you know, you make bad decisions, consequences for that, as we'll see in these verses. But you make right decisions, then you get to enjoy the blessings of the consequences of that. But the reality is, of course, that we don't always get what we want, but often we get what we choose. So by choosing a course of action, if you will, a person chooses the results of that action. So we need to recognize that not making a decision, you know, and listen, even in life and business, it's, you know, sometimes any decision even, uh, right, is a, uh, uh, even a wrong decision, not something that's going to really affect your life. It can be better than no decision because at least that gets the ball rolling. You know, they teach you that in life. So then you can adjust, right? As long, but, you know, you wouldn't take it that lightly, of course, making serious decisions. But, you know, even in business, knowing how to make decisions. But we need, but in situations, circumstances, right, other people end up choosing for us if we don't learn to make decisions and trust the Lord uh, ourselves. So the key to developing as a good decision maker, and that's what we want to be a good decision maker, is to recognize in every situation, uh, God gives us some power to choose, but then he teaches us how to make right decisions. Even in situations where we might even sometimes things happen and we feel powerless. We always have power, of course, right, of our beliefs, right, what we choose, our feelings and actions. And of course, you know, often I talk about victimhood as a choice, but not a good one. Wise people never see themselves as victims of their circumstances. Instead, instead they work to discover their options in the midst of circumstances and uh, better decisions they can make. The choices that face believers, of course, are not always easy. doesn't matter we're all saved, but we all cha- face hard decisions uh, in life. And so that means making continual choices. And, of course, many of the decisions we make, especially uh, and young people as we're stepping out, have high stakes, have high stakes. We need to remember that. Young people need to remember that. Some of the decisions they make, even at this uh, stage of life, have high stakes. A believer's choices impact, of course, not only them, but those around us, especially if we're, uh, you know, if we're a spouse or we have children or other people that, uh, uh, you know, are part of our life, that our decisions affect them. So it's always important to take into account how our decisions affect others. Wise believers don't want others, of course, to pay the price for their bad decisions. How do you know it? Raising my children, I, man, I want to make right decisions because I don't want that to impact my family, right? As a, as a pastor or a missionary, I want to make right decisions because I don't want, you know, bad decisions that I might make to impact uh, the church or others. So many important decisions carry, of course, can carry a level of uncertainty and risk, but they still need to be informed decisions. It's, when we have to make important decisions, it's important to Research, check things out, see what our options are, ask for advice, listen to advice, 
And of course, you know, try to think things through about possible outcomes. But however, the reality is not every decision can be 100% certain before we have to make it, unfortunately, right? We sang that song earlier, farther along, we'll know all about it. Because a lot of times we have to make decisions and we don't have necessarily all the information we'd like to have. But we understand that. I mean, we are called to live by faith, right? As believers. So believers must balance planning ahead against, you know, uh, not making any decision. You've all heard the term paralysis of analysis, right? Hey, make decisions. Often the choice must be made with limited data. That's why it's so important, to, as we're going to see, you know, to pray about things and uh, uh, seek the Word of God and seek good counsel. So, right, it's wise to pray and draw conclusions based on what, of course, what we do know with the best information we can gather. Then choose the option which seems, right, the right thing to do. And then, of course, move forward and take action. Just saying you've decided something without doing anything about it, of course, changes nothing. If you want to know who the best decision makers are, don't just listen to what they say. See the choices they're making. See the results, right? See if things are moving forward. A believer's choices do more than reveal who they are. A lot of times our choices determine who we are or will be. So every decision affects your future, your attitude, your character, and, of course, your spirituality. So with each decision, right, we change for the better or we change for the worse. Just some thoughts about decision-making. So as we look at this uh, uh, chapter here, in verses 1 and 2, we see some things we need to make right decisions, right? Some things that will help us when we go to make decisions. Notice what's mentioned in verses 1 and 2. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. So we see at least four things mentioned there. What? Wisdom, understanding, discretion, and knowledge. And I would say not necessarily in that order. I guess if I was going to put them in order, well, let's see. What order would you put them in? Somebody tell me, what order would you put those in? I mean, there is a, a sequence, if you will, right? What order would those, what do you think those would go in? Anybody real quick? David. And then discretion. Right. All right. All right. You get the star next to your name tonight, Dave. That, that's what I'd put. Right. I, that's what I said. I would, if, I, if I were to put these in order, of course, the first one is knowledge. You need information, right? Get that information. And then make sure you understand the information, right? Get the information, understand the information, and then uh, seek wisdom. What's the best way to, to deal with this information or move forward with this information? And then, of course, you know, having a discretion or discernment uh, when uh, going to make decisions. Proverbs 3.13 says this, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Well, you want to have a happy life? Happy wife, <laughs> right? Happy life, right? You want to have a happy life? You have a life of Christian joy? Well, uh, seek wisdom, seek understanding. Then it says discretion. Let me give you a, a definition of discretion. That discernment that enables a person to judge critically, honestly, of, to judge what? In a situation, what is correct? What's the correct thing to do? What's proper? Right. 
And of course, uh, maybe you, you united or with some, some uh, 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 caution, right? Uh, move, moving forward, that's where wisdom comes in. And uh, of course, a lot of times it has to do with our conduct. Psalm 112.5 says this, A good man showeth favor and lendeth and will guide his affairs with discretion. So there it is. Hey, a happy man finds wisdom and gets understanding. A good man shows favor and lendeth and will guide his affairs with discretion. And what do we want to be? We want to be happy people. We want to be good people. So right there we are. Wisdom, understanding, right? <laughs> discretion. And notice uh, what it says about discretion. It says, regard discretion. And what does that mean? Here, this, the meaning of regard has to do with attached to, to attach to. So it's saying this, attach yourself to things that help you make right decisions. Right? Hey, I want to make right decisions. So I need to attach myself to things that help me have discretion, things that help me make right decisions. So what's that mean? I need to be attached to the Word of God. I need to be attached to prayer. Right? I need to be attached to, 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 to the God of the Word. All right? I need to be attached to, uh, to people that, uh, uh, you know, maybe that have more wisdom than me, maybe that have been through this situation before, or maybe have, that have some more experience. I want to be attached to those type of people. I want those type of people to be in my life because they'll pray for me and they'll, they'll try to give me the best counsel that they can give me. So I need to think about that. Am I attaching myself to the things that will uh, guide me uh, in making decisions. I like that thought of attaching yourself to the right things, the right people to help me make right decisions. Because sin is deceptive. Sin doesn't play fair. Sin doesn't play fair. <laughs> Look at these uh, verse 3. Of course, uh, we see the, the context here is about making bad moral decisions. Right? Talking about an adulterous woman but, or a harlot. But the principles, of course, apply to all important decisions. But notice what it, it says about her. For the lips of a strange woman are as honeycomb and her mouth smoother than oil. You see, the devil will try to make something look better than it is. Because we see, right, that her way leads to hell. So, but boy, when the devil's presenting you with temptation, when the devil's presenting you or trying to get you to make a wrong decision, not even just to, uh, morally, but it, it, to get you, get you off, it may be even something that looks good, but he'll get you to chase the good in, 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 in place of forsaking the better that God has for you, right? A lot of times with jobs or seeking more money and things like that. But uh, uh, so it says, as a honeycomb, smoother than oil, the devil will try to make something look better than it is. Like, you know, oh, man, this is the best decision you ever made. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. You're going to enjoy this because he knows how to make the worst of things look good. He knows how to. I mean, look at advertising. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what I mean? Hey, you want to have a good time? You know, hey, drink this. You want to have a good time? Go out and do this. But what are those things? Those are things that destroy lives. But the world will tell you, hey, that's how to have fun. That's how to be happy. And so the world, the, the, the world will set you up. The devil will set you up and deceive you that, man, this is going to be a, a good time or this is going to be the right decision. That's why we need to have the right knowledge. That's why we need to have the right understanding, the right wisdom and the right discretion so that we can discern and see right through this facade that the devil and the flesh and the world would put in front of us. Because what? There's a consequence. 
to every decision. And we see this. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Boy, over here, man, honeycomb, smoother than oil. But the, what was the result? Death, hell, like a two-edged sword. So her end, and that's what we need to think about when we get tempted and when we are faced with decisions or, you know, that could lead us uh, uh, to try to give in to some temptation or, or something else, her end. That's what we need to think. Well, okay. Oh, you know, hey, uh, 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 she looks pretty or he's good looking or that looks like a good opportunity. But I need to look past the emotion of that and see what's the possible outcome of this. What's her end going to be? What's his end going to be? What's the end of this decision going to be? Her end. What is the end result going to be of this decision I'm about to make? Well, here we see the end result of the decision that this uh, young man, if he were to make it, Right. It tells us and we need to try to think through, well, hey, this might be, you know, there, there, there's uh, joy and sin for a season or even in, in something else, choosing uh, this over the will of God. Right. Well, what's the end result of that going to be? You know, I think of a, a friend of mine man. he and I used to go to the house of God and enjoy the things of God together. He got away from God. You know what? He's got a successful business right now. I mean, him and his wife. In the world's eyes, man, they're doing good. They're making good money. Uh, they've got, you know, high-end cars. They've got a nice house and stuff like that. But, you know, but you know what? I, but I, I look at it, what do I see? I see a wasted life. I see a wasted life is, is what I see. I'm like, man, I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade all that, amen, in a heartbeat for nothing. Uh, I wouldn't trade places with him. So her end result, what is the end result going to be of this decision? Not just the immediate benefit, not just the immediate gratification or not just the immediate benefit, but looking past that, Lord, give me wisdom. What could be the end result if I choose this path over what you might have for me? Because the reality, we got to think of the reality of the results. You know, reality has messed up a lot of expectations in life. You know, this thing called reality. That's why it goes on to say in verse six, Lest thou shouldest, what? Ponder the path of life. Ponder the path of life. Notice that word, ponder. What does that word mean? It means to weigh out mentally, to give serious consideration, to guard. The other night we talked about guardrails that we need to have in life, to guard. All right? This word is sort of like the word meditation. You know what? Satan and sin, young people, Satan and sin do not want you to ponder the path of life. Do not want you to ponder the path of life. All right? Satan and sin do not want you to ponder. They don't, they don't want you to think things through. They don't want you to think what the end result might be. They want you to think what the immediate gratification might be or how, you know, <coughs> uh, that might make you feel good or, hey, that might <laughs> give you more money or whatever the case is. Why? Because they want you to make impulsive decisions. They want you to make emotional decisions. You know what? 99% of the time when you make an emotional or impulsive decision, you have made or will make the wrong decisions. But when you ponder things, chances are you're not going to make a rash decision. You're not going to make a quick decision. You're not going to make an emotional decision. When you ponder how you think things through, you say, how does the decision lead me how is this going to decision lead me in the right direction 
for this situation. Re lead me in the right direction of life in my walk with God and his will for my life as I'm guided by him according to his word. Proverbs 4.26. Let me give you a couple of verses that go with that. Proverbs 4.26 says, ponder the path of thy feet. Right there it is. Ponder the path of thy feet. <laughs> right? The steps of another verse just came to mind. All right. Uh, the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps. And you, what else? The stops. The steps and the stops. Now that verse only says the steps, but we know so also the stops. Right? We look at Paul's life. Right? The Holy Spirit forbid him to go into Asia. Right? The God ordered his stops. And then told him to go here. Hey, come over to Macedonia and help us. He ordered his steps. And then we need to let God order our steps. We also need to let God order our stops. Is this the right person for me? Is this the right job for me? Is this the right direction for me? Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Isaiah 26, 7 says this. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Hey, the, the Lord. Hey, man, he, he considers our way. You will. If we refuse to learn, right? God puts things in our life, people in our life. If we refuse to learn the harsh facts of life from our parents, young people, God gives us parents, maybe godly teachers, maybe godly guides. Then, listen, if we don't learn from them and learn before we get in that situation, then unfortunately we'll learn those things in the hard realities of life's experience. And that's what we want our young people and everybody to avoid. Notice what it says also about her, and this applies to sin. Verse 6, lest thou should ponder the path of life. Look, her ways are movable, <laughs> right? Nothing stable about her, nothing stable about where sin leads you either, right? What's it saying? She can't stay in one place. You make a decision with her and you do not know where she'll end up next. Man, get up in the morning, she's gone. And boy, that's how it is. The things that Satan will tempt you with things and offer you things. And boy, man, this job, you can make more money or you do this, you go that way, right? And you think, oh man, this. And boy, the next thing you know, he, he, as soon as he gets you away from God's direction, he gets you away from your parents or he gets you away from whatever, man, then he can, he'll, that, that thing could be gone the next day. Such are the decisions of sin. You think this is the opportunity, but you turn around and you find yourself abandoned. And that is a hard reality oftentimes in life. So this, these verses give us good instruction. Look at verses 7 and 8. Right? We see the temptations of sin. We see the results of that. But we see more good instruction in these verses. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Look at, notice those words. Hear me now. All right? Pay attention. Listen, right now, listen. I'm trying to give you something that's going to help you, right? Right here, look at me. Depart not, remove, come not nigh. Hear the right things. Depart not from the right things. Remove yourself from the wrong things. Come not nigh the wrong things. Let me give you some verses. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee fornication. 1 Corinthians 10, 14, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. 
1 Timothy 6, 11, but thou, man of God, flee these things. 2 Timothy 2, 22, flee also youthful lust. But what do you need to did not depart from? But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them, with them. Amen. Lord, don't want you to be out there alone. He gives you a group to go with you with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's good instruction. Hear the right things. Depart not from the right things. Remove yourself from the wrong things. Come not nigh the wrong things that the world would put out there in front of you. Because you see, again, the consequences, the consequences of wrong decisions, the consequences of sinful decisions. Look, verse 9 and 10. Again, remove thy way far from her and come not nigh the door of her house. Verse 8, now verse 10. Why? Why do we need to, why do we need to hear the right things? Why do we not need to depart from the right things? Why do we need to remove ourselves from the wrong things and come not nigh the wrong things? Lest thou give thine honor. Notice this. Lest thou give thine honor unto others in thy years. Oh, man, we're just going to have fun for a few moments. Yeah, you wake up a few years later and realize how much your life's been destroyed. Lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. Not moments, not hours, not days, but years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. Notice that your honor has been taken away. Remember this. There's some things in life you only get once. There's some things in life you only get once. That honor means your splendor, if you will. Right. Those special things about you, if you will. And not only that, some things. If you lose them. Right. Maybe you can get them again, but it'll take years to restore or years to regain. Notice thy years under the cruel. Boy, you thought, ah, just for a moment. And the next thing you know, you've lost your testimony. You've lost this. And it takes years to restore and get yourself back where you fell from. How many years are wasted on the vanities of life? The sad thing is, right, they're wasted on the vanities of life. But here's the sad thing. They're not taken from us. Notice there, right? Remove thy, uh, lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years. It wasn't taken from you, right? You gave it to them. You made that decision. You made that, you gave them your honor. You gave them those things. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth. Notice verse 10, strangers, they take your wealth. You work for them. Now, wealth is not just your money. Maybe the best of you. The best of you, the best of what you had to offer, the best years of your life taken and used by others for their benefit, not your benefit, not the Lord's benefit, but the benefit of others who could care less about you. Verse 11 says, and thou mourn at the last. Why or oh why did I make that decision? Why, oh, why did I make those decisions? Why, oh, why did I not ponder my path? Why did I just make that decision and go down that path? 
thou mourn at last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. Boy, you look, you, you see these people walking up and down the street. They look 20 years older than they probably are. Their, their life, their body has been consumed by sin. Thou mourn at the last. You realize you've wasted your life or at least much of it. Wasted potential, wasted opportunities the Lord had for you. And again, why? And here it tells you why. Why did that happen? How did I get to this place? Well, it tells you it tells him how he got to this place. Verses 12 and 13. How did that happen? Well, you start off verse one. It said you need to get wisdom. You need to get understanding. You need to get knowledge. You need to get discretion. And then it reaffirms that in verses 12 and 13 and say, oh, you say, what did you do? You finally realize probably like the prodigal son. How did I get here? Verse 12. I hated instruction. My heart despised reproof. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. That's how you got there. God put the people in your in your way. God gave that knowledge. God gave, amen, that instruction. God gave you what you needed to make the right decisions, the best decisions. And you know what? You hated destruction. Somebody came up to you one day and said, hey, you're making bad decisions. Hey, you better get that thing right. Hey, you better, you know, turn that thing over to God. You better come back to church, whatever. But you know what? You despised that reproof. Boy, your, your parents tried to tell you what to do, but you did not obey. You wouldn't incline to the instruction that they gave you. That inclined, that inclined means to pay attention. Remember this, young people. Remember this, everyone. You can either pay attention to biblical instruction or you can pay the price for not paying attention. <laughs> you can either pay attention, amen, and get the benefit or pay the price for not paying attention when you should have. That's what we see here. And that's what happened to them. They didn't pay attention, so they paid a price for not paying attention when they should have. Boy, how many people out there tonight, they were raised in the right home. They were raised in a good church, but they're out there tonight because they hated instruction. They despise reproof. What's one of the purposes of the Word of God? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Have not obeyed. So as we finish up here, the reality is, and the sooner we learn this, the better off. For most of your life, you're going to have to listen to somebody. <laughs> you know, you know like, like, like they always say about the young man. He got tired of people telling him what to do, telling him when to get up, telling him when to go to bed, telling him when to clean his room, telling him to do this and tell him to do that. So he ran away from home and joined the Marines. Right. <laughs> he got tired of people telling him what to do. But did people ever tell you, did they tell you what to do in the Marines? A little bit. Oh, well, well OK. In the Army, they really tell you what to do. No, but, you know, listen. Right. <laughs> they said, man, I, I don't want people to tell me what to do. Hey, go join the Marines. Right. Or the Army. Right. Or most. But the reality is most of your life, you're going to have to listen to somebody. Seek advice from somebody and have an authority over your life. And a lot of times that's what the decisions come down to. Who is the authority in your life? That's what gonna, that's going to be a big part of the decisions you make in life is who is or what is the authority in your life? Hey, listen, uh, 58 years old. You know what? I have an authority in my life. This book 
is the authority of my life. The God of this book is the authority in my life. Right? This, I've chosen this, right? Making choices. I made a conscious decision that I want the Word of God to be an authority in my life. I made a conscious decision that I want the God of the Word to be, right, an authority in my life, right? They have a right to tell me what to do, <laughs> right? And I'm glad they're an authority in my life, right? We must allow biblical reproaches to affect us. I just hear them, but affect us. Listen, if, 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 if I, I, I'm doing wrong in area, listen, I, and I hear that reproach, God brings that verse or God uses uh, somebody to say something to me. Amen. I want that reproach to have an effect on my heart and help me get that thing right. I need to get right. We must allow biblical reproaches to affect us and make no excuses. The Lord wants to help us. What's he wants to do? He wants to help keep our help us keep our our minds right, our manners right, and our morals where they should be. Why? Because bad decisions. Well, one, they ruin our reputation or our testimony. They waste our precious time that could be used in service to the Lord. They can even, of course, affect our health. We know that, right? How many people are out there? They <laughs> an early death because of bad decisions. They fill the mind with negative memories, right? Even if you get things right, man, the devil keeps hitting that instant replay button in your brain. I mean, you know, I've been saved longer than I was lost, but you know what? 30-something years later, the devil still likes to hit instant replay uh, in my brain. And then it impacts our circumstances by often bringing great sorrow into our life. So these verses and the Word of God give us good criteria for making right decisions. God gave you this book so you could have good criteria for making right decisions. Here, here's a good thought. Let me give you this. Most people who experience a breakdown, if you will, in their decision making do so either because they have not determined the criteria for making decisions. In other words, they, they haven't decided, right, when they need to make decisions, what they're going to look to to make that decision. What are my criteria for making the right decision? Well, you ask me, I'm going to say, well, again, the Word of God is part of my criteria for making a right decision. Uh, prayer is part of my criteria for making a right decision. Have, trying to have a sensitive heart to the moving of the Holy Spirit, right? And hearing the Lord's voice is part of my criteria for making a right decision. Uh, seeking counsel uh, from other uh, believers, right, is part of my criteria. You see, I have criteria for making decisions, especially important decisions in my life. So, so either, either they haven't determined that criteria or... They have their criteria for making decisions, but they fail to follow through with using that criteria consistently, right, on a regular basis in their life. In other words, the criteria is there. They know what criteria they're supposed to use. You say, man, how did that person make a right decision, right? How did that young people raising that home get out there and make that bad decision, right? Well, they had the criteria and they knew what the criteria was, but they didn't utilize it. You know, how many, how many, I've had parents call me and weeping. Oh, I can't believe that my child did that. Where did we go wrong? Where did it go wrong? You know, I say to them, I said, hold on a second. Don't start beating yourself over the head. Who said you went wrong? Who said you went wrong? 
You raise them with, with you gave them this criteria. You raise them in a church. You did this, you did this. You gave them the criteria. They just didn't use that criteria when they went to make that decision. But you gave them the criteria they needed, but they got away from the home and they said, you know what? I'm not going to use that criteria that my parents and my local church or whatever instilled in me. I'm going to come up with my own criteria. And you know what? They got some bad criteria and that's why they made a bad decision. You know, a lot of times we immediately want to, you know, jump on the parents. Not that there's not something there, but if they were given the criteria. Listen, uh, we all have the criteria. Most of you have the criteria. Most of you are good leaders. But has anybody made a, a bad decision since they've been saved? You have the criteria. Why'd you make that decision? Because we didn't follow through consistently. So if you find yourself making wrong decisions, right, is it from a lack of proper criteria or is it lack of just not following through and utilizing the criteria that God gave you? So what is your typical decision making process? Do you have one? What is my typical? You need to develop one. You need to develop. This is my typical decision making process. I've shared what mine is often. Right. So I try not to make quick emotional decisions, especially concerning important things. Usually if I come up and say, listen, when I get up and say, I think this is God's will. That's not something I say lightly. That's not something I say just to uh, try and spiritual. If I get up and say that, I really believe that in my heart because I really believe that's something that God re revealed to me. I don't mean that in a both way, you know, but if I say that, that's a serious thing to say to me. That's a serious thing to say. Just like calling somebody a friend. I don't easily call somebody a friend. I'm not a person that says uh, easily, I love you to people. Even though, I might, even though I might love them, I don't say it quickly. I'm not, I'm not a person that says that lightly. That's a serious thing to me. That was a, that was a big thing between, you've heard me talk about uh, our friend, Sister Davis in uh, Louisiana. She'd always, when she'd say goodbye, she'd say, love you, brother JF. And I'd always pause. And I'd say, I said, oh, thank you so much. Right? You know, of course I love her. She's amazing. And then finally, you know, she'd, she'd say that. And I, oh, I said, I love you too, sister. You're a blessing. So now, you know, I say it to her and uh, my family does uh, love her. But those are serious things to say. So let us learn. It's a learning process. Let us learn to be cautious when making decisions. Let us learn to be critical when making decisions. Now, I mean critical in the right way, right? of things, right? Let us learn to be contended, right, with the things that the Lord has provided for us and let us be willing to be convicted if we're heading the wrong way. Because remember, the decisions you make, make you. Let's pray.